Andrew 2.0 on the beat, by the way. Featuring Tony Twist. Welcome to Andrew 2.0. Fighting from the red corner, from Westchester, New York, weighing 190, standing at 5'8", Anthony Federico. Tony the Fed, my old time friend. Fuck yeah, I can hear you, brother. How are you? Good, good to hear, man. I'm well, and yourself? Oh, I'm good as always. Now better that I'm hanging out with you. What's up, my guy? That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, man. However you want to do it, bro. I'm an open book. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, really, what would spark my interest in getting in touch with you was I threw on one of your older episodes, and I heard you mention some of our old friends and. yeah, just, I mean, like I was telling you, I have more friends that are gone than are still here, which is fucked, you know? I mean, talking about, I mean, we've all, like, we've all lost tons, and there's people, and just because, I'm going to name a few, but that doesn't mean there were other people that were lost that didn't affect me, but the people between Eddie, Will, both go off the airs, George Landers, Tom Coogan, Omar, those were people that I spent every day with. I, like, the Gauthiers, man, like I lived at their house. Like I had a Christmas gift on their Christmas tree. That's how close I was with these people. You know, like what did they used to call you back then? Uh, Twist, Tony Twist. You know, that was me. More people know me by that than Anthony, you know, which is funny. That's, that's how I knew you. I, I'm Twist to everybody in town, you know, which I don't hear it much anymore because if you want to know the origins of Twist, I actually will tell you where it came from. It actually came from the Landers, to, to tell you the truth. Oh, my and, God. Shout out to my... Uh, yeah, I'll, no I'll never forget. Mike, but my favorite, <laughs> Big George. Yeah, they're, they're amazing human beings, the both of them. And I, I agree. I miss George tremendously. And, Mike, I wish I was you know, still in better contact with. But, yeah, the Twist thing came from Randy King's barge party one night. I think I was in the ninth grade and everybody was twisted as uh, everybody just he was for, for whatever reason he was just throwing people's names out there and he'd be like joey twist johnny twist and then he saw me and he'd be like tony twist and it just stuck ever since that it just fit so well um, <laughs> and it was just so funny for whatever reason because like everything that comes out of the lander's mouth is funny as you know yeah, yeah oh my god a bunch of characters but the funniest characters yeah. in the room amen they were they do they're cartoon characters in human form right so like total uh, fucking legends total legends of our area you know from and for whatever reason it's stuck it's fucking 15 16 years later it's still around it's just crazy but it was um, meant to be yeah but you know what's funny is that like it actually ties into like an identity crisis that i eventually figured out i had you know did did somebody steal your identity no it was it was me it was me falsely identifying myself (laughs) Uh, yes i I wouldn't really come to find out until like probably uh, you know after my addiction started but the identity of tony twist was something that i embraced at the time and it was because I finally felt like I found myself and I found a, a place, I guess you could say. Um, I I was just one of those people where I constantly felt like I never, even though I had a lot of friends, I never felt like I really fit in, in each group that I had. Um, so once the Tony Twist moniker, you know, came, <laughs> I kind of felt like, ah, like this is where I belong, you know, like. I, you know, this whole partying aspect, like this is, you know, this is, I finally found my identity, certain things to make me feel a part of. And looking back on it now in hindsight, the idea of like being a partier, like no way, the problem was that I never, it took me too long to grow out of it. 
you know what I'm saying? It continued to escalate and it never stopped and it got worse and right. took me to really dark and deep places. You know what I mean? Like unintentionally, but it evolved, you know? Yeah. Whereas, yeah. See, and you know this because you're from our town, like people from our area would be leaps and bounds ahead of people from elsewhere when it came to partying and stuff like that. I just felt like we were like our college years were like in high school in a way. Cause <laughs> I I love that this is where you brought this because I always felt like a beer pong champion when I beer went pong to college. Is my next example. Yeah. And I was average. I never won the tournaments at parties. I always got knocked yeah. out as an underclassman in the first or second round. But yeah. you would like you would literally study how some of our friends back in the yeah. day could just be automatic on the table and it would to the point where like it helped me win money at college one day. It's wild. Legit. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's my point was that like we we really like talk about like we prepped for the college years in high school. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. We did. We you really know, did. Yeah. You know what I mean, bro? Like I would go and visit people and I'd be like, are these like everybody felt like an amateur around us. You know what I mean? And that's not a slight. It's no, no. We, it's just that we fucking partied hard in our area. You know what I'm saying? It turned into excellent beer pong uh champions we turned into flip cup it was just every aspect just talking to girls yeah you know just the the town alone it it was a warm-up for the real show it was a lot of fun it was it, it made me feel like ahead of the curve it was great yeah. i didn't even know it was coming yeah no you you got that right and i think no, there's like not shit to do around this area you know so we would end up in the woods and shit and like make a fucking night out of it and it was a blast you know it was the best years of my life hands down like there's no i don't regret anything i did it was handed down i mean oscawana was a legend until like the cops heard about it because it was an urban legend yep and seasonal seasonal is another one remember over there <laughs> um but yeah oh god i forgot about some of this stuff man holy yeah. shit yeah man so but that was like bro like before i you know before i started partying i was just i don't know i was always insecure for whatever reason like and i and, and like it's not that like i was like unattractive or not like a like a cool guy it was my own shit you know like it has a lot and probably everything to do with my upbringing which i don't blame for my problems but real quick like i grew up with an addict as a parent so i mean uh it definitely got passed down to me you know and just growing up in a household where things were secretive and th like i was insecure growing up because i went to school like like coming from a chaotic household you know so i never comfortable in my own skin ever um that's why once i partying and drinking and smoking like I felt good like because I didn't have to really feel like the actual person that I wake up with every day you know I never I never knew this side of you it's the first time I'm hearing that yeah yeah man I have some shit <laughs> but yeah no that's, I that's mean you can't forget happened. where you came from and to be so you're gonna have to go through some shit and you're a survivor yeah. I mean I, I just say I the reason I bring up my history is because from the outside looking in, um, listen, like I, uh, I, 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 ha I always had girlfriends and shit like that. Like I, I pretty always. I wasn't. The, I, mean, <laughs> I, wasn't the, I was kind of a dog. I'll admit it. Like, I, and I'm not proud of it yeah, today. Mad dog. He didn't have a choice. They threw themselves at him. <laughs> but and you listen, I, I, I'm not proud of some of the relationships I had back in high school. But he'd be insecure. Like, how could he like not like himself? But yo, that's what it was. And what I realized throughout like my years of, of like rehabs and treatment and shit. It's like, yo, I was just looking for validation from these chicks. Like yeah, I, yeah. And you were you looking know, in the wrong place. You finally found I, validation in yourself and you make I, sense. And that's the evolution of Tony to, in my eyes. Yeah, You have got to validate yourself in life. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to get your validation from within. And looking back now, you know, I bounced from chick to chick because I just needed that fucking, that rush of like, you know, that newness of about the rush of like, yo, talking to a new chick or like, you know, that newness of a relationship. You know oh, what I'm talking about? that's the best about. part. It's like that honeymoon phase, you know? And then as soon as like I got bored with someone, like I needed that validation elsewhere and like I could see it now, but like at the time I had no fucking clue that's what I was doing.
you know? Honeymoon phase. I love it. It's exactly how I feel. The best years, sadly, are some of the first years. Yeah, and you know how it is in high school, man. Like, that, your fucking, your endorphins are running. Like, your your hormones are running. So, like, that end was I just trying to get outside of myself, bro. Like, I just needed anything to get outside of me. And before drugs, it was girls, you know? But yeah, what do well, you re- when you refer to outside, um, could you elaborate yeah. a little further on... Yeah, yeah. So what I mean by that is to, to basically to not be in my own head, you know, to get outside of my own head, um, okay. to use, use external things to give me pleasure. And I don't mean sexual pleasure. I literally mean feel good in general, you know. Brain uses frequencies, which are vibrations of sounds for certain aspects in life. And being around somebody we call a hug or a kiss yeah. is a frequency that feels so good it feels yeah. natural and it's sometimes hit or miss well i mean i feel like you know that that's the case for probably every human on the planet yeah but when right but when you take somebody um like me who um grew up how i grew up and then to to add on to that like what oh girls they got daddy issues yo bro i had mommy issues straight up like i'll be the first to admit that me- growing up i told you like my dad when my dad was an addict but they kept it a secret from us, okay? So when my parents divorced, like, it looked like mom was kicking dad out. So I had this, like, agenda against mom. Me and my mom did not get along when I was growing up, like, at all. She took the fall for him. It was very sweet. Yeah, bro. So, like, I actually, her and I did not get along. By the time I was 12, I left. I went and moved in with my dad, who... Yeah, was that up the street from me? Uh, not at that point yet, but it was a few years before that. We okay, still, okay. Um, yeah, man. So I, I moved in with my dad because my mom and I just clashed like crazy. And um, at that time, uh, my dad was getting clean or whatever. So it kind of was okay. It wasn't like he, you know, it wasn't like a hellhole to move into. But I didn't just, I just didn't get along with my mom, bro. Like plain and simple. Like today we get along amazing. Don't get me wrong. But like at the time. I didn't, I didn't get along with my mom. So like get, having those girlfriends in like high school, bro, like that was my like female, you know, companionship, like you said, that I just gravitated towards and I used it as a drug. So when you look at what you're saying, like everybody like craves that connection, that's true. But when you have someone like me, who's probably predetermined to have an addiction just based on DNA and fucking genetics and shit, plus I didn't have a um, so. I mean, having girlfriends, it just, like I said, it was everything. And then, like, as I go on with my story, you'll see that when that ran out, I needed to find something else. So, yeah, I, yeah. Um, basically, in high school, it's, right, it's very easy to, to kind of break that ice. There's no, like, ice breaking really needed when you're in high school, right? No, you're so, in each other's face. You had to take history 101. Yeah. So, like, like a match in hell, really. <laughs> talking about a match from hell it sounds like you came from hell and back real quick i'm proud of you for coming on the show by the way thank you for doing this no i'm listen man i i'm having a good time talking with you about it and I, when i started this shit we're talking about 2008 i was looked at as like a dirt bag a piece of shit you know like i a lot of people looked at me as like a scumbag back then because i was one of the first people to get into into it you know the funny thing is is that i there were a lot of people, and because, listen, back then, back in 08, 09, this shit was brand new. It was like, what the fuck are these people doing? And they just didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. And and like I said, a lot of those people that had something to say, yeah, they're in rehab now. Or, yeah, they got to have it now. Well, isn't that ironic? You know, whatever. Yeah, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I mean, like, I would go out and drink, and I'd smoke. I smoked every day at this point, right? Like, whatever. I was fucking 18. See people blowing coke every weekend, and I, I wasn't for me. Like, co- like or doing zannies every day. I, that shit wasn't for me. Everybody's I mean, like, got I, their own way. Every, listen, like, I just, it just didn't really, I, like, I didn't like it. I didn't, like, I didn't like coke, really. Like, but what happened was, all of a sudden, oh, here's this oxy, yo, sniff this. And it was like, ah, first time. And then forget it. I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is what I've been searching for this whole time. No more having to fucking chug 30 beers. No more having to chug (laughs) shots of fucking Svetka. Oh, Um, man. 
By this shit. point, I smoked so much weed that uh, I did, wasn't even getting high off weed anymore. So, like, that was boring. So I'm I'm at parties um, be, to fill the moniker, the twist moniker, you know, and because I wanted to get out of myself, right? It wasn't – vodka tastes like shit. 100 out of 100 people will tell you that. I'm I 101. It. I love vodka and I love my clears. Take that back. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Put it this way. At 18 – it's an it's probably an acquired taste, right? So I'm not saying yeah, anyone it definitely is. I can't say anyone enjoys chugging out of a speck a handle of speca. I don't Maybe think so. Do. And I drink vodka, I, I agree. I shouldn't get you know, speak for others. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoyed what it did for me, you know. I enjoyed what it did, what the effect. I didn't actually enjoy it. But anyways, the <laughs> and and it was like I, I wanna have I want to have courage and I want to have confidence. So let me just get there. You know, like I don't want to wait. <laughs> so sniffing a half a pill or whatever, it was like, yo, this got me there like that fast. I like, and I didn't have to feel drunk. I didn't have to feel like I was going to throw up or pass out. Like it put me right where I needed to be. You're not meant to feel that good. It's not normal to feel that good. My point is anybody would have been affected by it. Like anybody that tries that shit is going to say, well, fuck, this feels good. You know, that's the design of it. Yeah, so little do we know, like, as time goes on, we're messing around. Oh, shit, like, if you don't have them, you're going to get sick. And we're like, what does that mean you're going to get sick? You have no idea what sick means. You know what I mean? At that time, you have no idea. I actually don't. Can you elaborate on that one? The withdrawals is what I'm talking about when I say sick. The listeners that don't have any clue and they think of withdrawal from a bank, I need a picture. (laughs) Good point. Good point. I mean, if you've had Corona, I'll just say that ain't shit compared to opiate withdrawals. And now I um, hear you loud and clear. <laughs> there's really no way to articulate it in words. Um, only way you would know is if you've actually felt it. Um, you have to experience it, which we highly yeah, don't recommend. Highly don't recommend. But I mean, I could I could verbally tell you like and this still won't do it justice. It's pretty much. Um, every possible thing that could go wrong with your body goes wrong all at the same time including your brain, which is just craving the one thing that can make it go away. You're not only are you physically tired, but you, your anxiety is through the roof. So it's not like you can sleep, but you're sweating, your nose is running, your bowels are all over the place. You can't keep any food down. Your bones are aching. Your skin is crawling. It's every possible thing that can go wrong, going wrong all at the same time. And it gets really worse the longer time goes on. So obviously your mind tells you, I need to fix this. It sucks. It really sucks. But the reason I bring it up is because I didn't even know that that happens. Start teaching yourself, right? Like that not only does the, the sickness go away, so you'll get a euphoria, not only from the drug itself, you'll get a euphoria from simply feeling. Some of it, not all of it, is new news to me. And yeah, um... yeah man, I'm sure it's going to be new news to a lot of people that are listening that may know us or even don't know us. But I'm, I'm happy to share it, you know, I think they have to hear it, Tony, let them go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what would happen is, you know, um, these pills were expensive, man. And for those that don't know, I mean, we were paying up to $60 for one pill. Oh, my time. God, man. I heard the word uh, 80 milligrams and I heard yeah. the word on the street was $80 and I fell yeah, over. We're talking $60 back in 08, though. So, yeah, they obviously they went up. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy. Um, what a lucrative market. It's wild. It, it created a monster. Right. So if you if you somehow get a script of 60 pills, right, per month. Oh, my God. Do the math. $60 a pop. That's $3,600. Oh, so, I mean, there you go. And people were getting 90 at a time sometimes. So, (laughs) oh, my God. But, um. It, it was eating at my wallet. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was broke. It sucked. This, I'll tell you how I switched over. So, um, I was with someone that had made the wallet. Switch. We're not talking yeah, about that NFTs. had a lot to do with it because at this point I was like, see, it started taking over my head because I was like, started doing them. I didn't know about the issues. Then I found out about the issues about, you know, the addiction. And I'm like, okay, well I'll stop when I want to stop. Right problem is i never wanted to stop so i end up being around someone that switched over to heroin and i hadn't done any oxys this day little did i know i was starting to feel withdrawals i didn't even know it because i had never felt it before 
So he offered me some. I took it. Uh, and I noticed how much better I felt. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, I don't have to buy these pills anymore. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Um, but I didn't want to commit, right? I didn't want to commit. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, right? The decision was kind of made for me because the next day this person says, oh, dude, can you give us a ride down to the Bronx to go pick up? Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not doing. Oh, he's like, oh, we'll give you a half a bundle, which for those that don't know, bundles come in 10 bags. So it's five bags. He's like, I'll give you five bags. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I won't have to buy a $60 pill today. Fine. Yeah, so I go, I drive to pick up what they got to pick up. I get my half, and uh, that lasted me two days. I'm like, wow. Uh, I just basically was paying almost $60 a day. Now I paid, I, I had no clue that I was no longer in control of my own thoughts. Of course, two days goes by, yo, can you drive us again? Sure, uh, absolutely. This time I need more though. I, I'm not doing it for a half. Okay, no problem, we'll give you a full. And so it escalated to me being the, the, the driver and getting shit out of it for free right to yeah that sounds like an incentive to me i mean it was it was now i'm saving money but my habit is okay again i'll stop when i want to stop when i'm ready uh, what do you like <laughs> what did I think was gonna happen you know of course get pulled over get arrested long story short get arrested at my house plus the dope we had on us and everything's been dismissed it's i won't incriminate myself <laughs> so yeah man um I, 19 years old, I was arrested down there. Um, I was a kid, you know. Um, Sounds I like had, it at 19. Yeah, I had no clue what, what the fuck was going on. <laughs> There's so many arrests down in that area that you don't just get out like that day. Um, I was in the tombs, they call it, for like three days. It, it's disgusting. It's oh, dirty. my God. Bring the Undertaker. My boy's in the tombs. Yeah, we got to get him out. It, it, it's fucking nasty. It's dirty. The people stink. You got homeless people. You got all sorts of people. And oh, like, my. I'm, I got to chill down my spine. Yeah, man. I was in there for like three days, man. Like overnight. They wake you up in the middle of the night, shackle you to other people to take you from one precinct to the other. And shit. What the fuck? What is this? The Civil War? Holy shit. No, dude. It's fucking the criminal justice system in New York City, you know? And um, I mean, I, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know how I dealt with that, but I did. Yeah, yeah. So by like the third day, I had to see a judge or whatever. And like they kind of what's called RORU, release on your own recognizance or whatever. It's pretty much oh, bail. Oh, I see. I see. You I know? got you. It's pretty much bail. But like I have, I had no record, like criminal history or anything like that. So they had no reason to think I wasn't going to go to my court date or, you know. So you know what, man? People don't want to believe shit until it happens to them, you know it didn't it didn't affect them until like one of their friends died like you know or not even one it took like three before i'm just letting like everybody who's listening know like they, like these were the worst days of my life you know and it's just to show like if you don't know the depths of my bottom you won't understand just how far i've come and that's not to pat myself on the back it's really to show you that i literally would inject uh, artificial feel good into my veins at one point on a daily basis. And I've been able to overcome that. So if you're feeling like shit, because like, you know, you're feeling depressed or whatever, like there's ways out of this shit, you know, the next kind of uh, like landmark moment was say probably like shortly after this. Now I'm around someone who's using intravenously um, and with, you know, with a needle um and just like the slow progression with going from the pills to the dope it was similar it was like okay i'll try it okay i'll only shoot half my bundle i'll sniff the rest and then before you know it i'm full-blown shooting so that takes things to a whole nother fucking level it comes from the word hero it comes it makes you feel like a hero bro it makes like that's kind of where it comes from. So yeah, that that takes your addiction to a whole nother fucking level. It's all bad. Don't get me wrong, but that that needle shit is like because then it really makes like this is another thing back to like the 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 stigma and the judgment of it. Like 2010 now, dude, thinking about somebody using a needle like that shit was so looked it still looked down upon in a way. It's so out of our kind of. Like to be sniffing pills and sniffing dope is like one thing. Like uh, a lot of people have sniffed coke. I mean, now they started the demand for opiates, right? Big Pharma started the demand. 
and it was taken over by now cartel mexican cartels you know people from fucking iraq money buys money people from china so now there's a huge demand right and it's now easily accessible it's like easier to get than weed sometimes at this point right so i uh yeah now at this point i'm full i'm full in you know i'm full in and i what do you mean by full in I mean, I'm a full-blown addict at this point, right? I'm, I'm so, not. I'm using every. Yeah, I mean, so. I had, I'd been using every day, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm not hanging out with anybody. I'm not going out. I'm staying to myself. All my money is going to drugs, right? Yeah, like, you're focused I, on one thing and one thing only. Yeah, now because now my dependence has increased, you know. So now my entire world is a, revolves around this shit. And naturally, like if you're shooting dope, like you're you change. It changes you, you know. Yeah. So things start to go wrong. Like you you've just invited that black cloud into your life, you know. And it's uh, a dark somehow, side, but it happens. Yeah. So I don't know. One day, I think I remember one day I had been. I was. It was one off day that I actually happened to go out because I hadn't been fully a hermit yet, and I had been drinking. I had been sniffing coke, which I never did. I don't do coke. I just did it because it was there, right? You even said before you didn't like it. Right. I'm an addict at that point. I'm just doing anything that will get to escape, right? So I'm doing zannies that one day I'm doing all this random shit. So yeah, that night I start feeling really fucking strange. And (laughs) I was scared, man. Like I was really scared. Like my heart was racing. And like I said, I'm only like 20 at this point. So I'm like really nervous because I'm like, I doing all these drugs that I don't know what they're doing to me and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I get really fucking scared and go down to my dad to tell me, oh, dad, I'm not feeling right. I even admit I'm like, I blew a bunch of coke today. He was. But if you know anything about crack, I mean, like you just want to hide. You don't want to like you. you, It makes you so anxious. You just want to hide. So like my dad couldn't handle it. He couldn't. He didn't like he didn't want to talk. He's like, call your mother. I don't know what to do for you, you know? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That was your safety net. Yeah. So, like, even though my mom and I didn't really get along or talk, like, I told my mom what was going on. And, of course, she came, you know? So, she brings me to the hospital. She, you know, I'm laying there in a hospital bed. The doctor's like, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't know what you put in your body. You you know, we don't know what they cut it with, da, da, da. So at this point, my mom knows I'm doing dope, but she doesn't know I'm shooting. So she lifts up my sleeve. She sees the track. That's when it was like, oh, boy, now I really want to go. You know what I mean? But I went anyway. No, Um, you're the man for doing that. I mean, but the thing is, it's like I I still wasn't ready, bro. Like I went there. and It doesn't matter. You're allowed multiple attempts. No, it was part of my journey and it's fine. But I'm just telling you like what went through my head when I was there. It was it, it reminded me of like my like I felt like my dad. You know, like in rehab, hearing all these like oh. recovery terms and then pushing like AA meetings and shit. Yeah. And I'm, like, I just felt like my dad and it turned me off. It brought me back to like, I don't know. And then I saw people in there for like their fourth, fifth, sixth time. And I'm like, damn, like, I guess I'm just going to be fucked for life now. Cause yeah, I, that takes a lot of wind out of yourself. It really did, man. I'm not sure it was really the best thing for me at the time to go there at that point. I was still young enough to where, like, if my parent, even though I was over 18, if my parent, like, shit was hitting the fan, bro, I had no choice. I had to. I did, I had no choice. I had nowhere to go. Like, because my dad was like, you're not going to do that here, even though he was doing what he, you know, like, it just was madness. The next, like, five years till I was, like, 25, it was just, like, constant on and off, um, in rehab, out of rehab, like, my ha- my dad finally, the house on take got foreclosed, because so now I have no home. No matter what I do, like I have nowhere to call call home. You know what I mean? Like I could go away, I would go away, and I'd come back, and I have nowhere to go. I'd always stay on my mom's couch, or I went and lived with a buddy of mine in Florida. Like I tried everything, and I just kept fucking up. Like I just kept fucking up because I had no stability. I don't know. I I just didn't. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't done. Whatever the case may be, it didn't work, right? So the next kind of big, really big thing that took me to like. If you think that was like the peak, like that was only halfway what I've explained thus far is only five years in. So um, after this, uh, I had gone away again for a few months. I ended up in a halfway house and I was dating this chick, another addict, which they tell you not to do. But I did it anyway because. Yeah, but she was probably sexy as shit. 
he was, but the thing is, I didn't listen. I didn't fucking learn. And what was I doing? I stopped doing drugs, but going back, this is how I learned about that validation, that addiction to women. This is how I learned about it because I lived it. So after I, I stopped using drugs this time, I'm now I'm looking for attention from females again, just like in high school. But I get institutionalized and I feel comfortable and it, it gives you peace in a way because you're you're away from the madness of addiction. It's like a it's like a vacation. It that's what rehab became for me, like a vacation, like a little time to kind of re rest, re-energize, recharge your battery, you know what I mean? Get a little food in you. Most people are coming in there, you know, malnourished and shit. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, so what ended up happening was she fell off the wagon, which I dealt with for a certain period of time until she started hanging out with some dude to get high with. And at that point I was like, fuck this. When you said and she fell off the wagon as in like, like you're she started doing your high. thing and she went back to the old thing and now she's yeah. with some dude and this is not worth my time. Yeah. So there's a phrase that they use in recovery and it's like about resentments and it's called like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. So that's what oh, I That's did. rough. Yeah. Think about it. So like I fucked up and hurt myself because I was mad at her, which it's so stupid at the end of the day. Right. Like no, I drank, no, the no, but it's meant there for a reason. It has a strong hold yeah. to it. Right. So I, I fucked up and this was the first time I fucked up. It's five years in, I've burned so many bridges with my parents, with friends at this point, I had like one person left to go to. I was at a halfway house. I got kicked out of my older older relative of mine not like a random relative i don't want to get too specific she was like uh someone that was like a grandmother to me she was yeah she's she's um a, a relative of mine that i consider like a grandmother figure exactly how yeah so the next few years um you know she enabled me a lot and um I just constantly lied and made stories up in order to get money from her um you know like I rarely really stole from her. She actually would, you know, willingly give me money, um, which I then in turn used for my habit. But um, I, you know, it went on for a really long time and I, I don't feel great about it. God damn. All right. Well, I'm glad you told us that. Listen, at this point, though, now that I'm better, I, I do anything she asks of me. You know, that's my way to, to, to that's my like penance. That's my like way to make it right if you need me for something bro like i'm there you know what i'm saying i'll do whatever for that woman at this point so so but the reason i i touch on that because at this point now money is easily accessible right so i was getting dope at my leisure like i said the first five years i struggled and i grinded and i barely like would get two bags a day if i was lucky you know, and I watched some of my friends be able to get high at easily because their parents had money and they get money from their parents and shit. And I'd sit there and be like, you fucking motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So, so then the last five years when I'm getting this money now, I'm like, all right, fuck everybody. You know, I'm getting, I'm just, I'm all like big time. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to do me, bro. Now I'm doing a shitload of dope. Shitload. I'm in with the dealers. I'm like, I needed, I wasn't done i needed to get that out of me you know what i'm saying like all this shit needed to happen for me to get where i'm at you know so when i finally tapped out which um like i said after like five years of doing that shit shit hits the fan you know it's like it got that bad bro. so oh um, jesus christ we yeah, were i don't want to get too deep into it but it shit hit the fan my family's now they're finding out now they're and because they knew my history so what ends up happening they're like okay you can no longer live with her. You need to go and get help. You need to go away, but you're not living with her anymore. If you stay here, we're calling the cops. So at this point, I'm not done, but I'm so deep, bro. In the beginning, I was like, okay, no problem, family. I'll go. I get it. At this point, 10 years in, nine years in. I'm oh, like, man, you me. just broke my heart with that. I'm like, no, Fed, don't go. Now I'm like, nope, not going. I don't want to go. I want to keep getting high. Leave me I don't alone. want you to go either. I love hanging out with my guy. <laughs> No, but at that point, I smart thing to do would be to go get help. I'm 10 years into this shit at this point. Bro, I'm still like, nope, not going. Because I, I, it had full control of my brain at this point. Full control. What saved me was the 0.1% of my own decision making that I had left. And the 0.1%. It, it was 0.1, bro. It couldn't have been any more. Because that shit had a full-on grip of 
every decision I made, you know, I left, I start walking the streets, I got nowhere to go. But at this point, I'm like getting unemployment. This is before pandemic. So it's not a, a pandemic unemployment. Was this was this at, at the time? Five of, years getting ago. The vibe of homelessness. This is this is where real like homelessness comes. And I'm not going to I'm not, listen, I take nothing away from like real homelessness. I say homelessness and take away from people that were really homeless, like that spent months and months on the streets. Like, and, um, you know, at one point I ended up at the homeless shelter in Peekskill down by the train tracks there. That was that, that fucking was disgusting. You see, I'm at homeless shelters. I'm fucking at motels and I'm just like, but, um, what ends up happening was I end up in white plains somehow. I, I wasn't even at a hotel or anything. I, I don't like, know either. <laughs> I was like walking the streets, dude. I don't know. But I'm like every like fucking 20 minutes, I'm stopping to shoot up, walking in the bathroom, hoping to not like get caught. I got a duffel bag with me of all my shit. Oh, like Christ. the wheels, I was like, a wanna... bag full of money. The, the, the wheels on the duffel bag, the holes in my duffel bag and my wheels were now squares because of the roundness of them. Like you want to talk about imagery. Yeah, it just because I had been dragging that duffel bag around for so long, the fucking wheel stopped working. Anyways, it was I'm like so a dead tired. body at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's all my clothes and shit. I'm so tired at this. I'm sweating. I'm beat. Yo, let me go to the hospital, right? Let me go to the emergency room. Oh shit! Lay down. Now at this point, dude, I'm shooting up like a motherfucker. I have abscesses on my arms. I'm shooting up in my legs. I have abscesses. Whoa, on whoa, my whoa, 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 whoa! All right, let's slow down. Abscesses yeah. of the arm. How? 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 What is the size? How big? So if you don't know what an abscess is, listen. Oh, I know what an abscess is. Yeah. Get them, Tom. Uh, it's when you get like bacteria underneath your skin, basically. And, and it blows up uh, like a balloon. Yeah, it blows up, and a lot like pus comes out, and you have to like oh. pop it. It's really, it's really. Harsh, really oh. <laughs> and it's really unsanitary and it's from bacteria and in my case <laughs> this is very unsanitary <laughs> it was from re like reusing my own hypodermic needles over and over again oh which, Christ's sake. uh but yeah so i ended up with abscess so i i knew i said if i go there and just say listen i need to get these abscesses taken care of i just want to lay down for a little bit so i had like three bags left and before i went in i'm like oh i'll be out in the morning or something so i buried the bags in the dirt outside of the hospital a sneaky bastard yeah because i'm like i need those when i get out right? so this is now rock bottom i'm in the and hospital Dwayne johnson's not in the hospital by the way people it's yeah, the rock no bottom. this is like he's people's elbowing me through the fucking rock bottom so this is it this is the finisher uh, everybody wake up yeah it's just about so I'm, I'm laying there and the nurse says listen the doctor will not see you until you take a shower and i'm like oh wow this is where I'm at, huh? So they would not. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they would not touch me until I took a shower because I'm just saying, like, imagine feeling like that. This, the Tony Twist, right? The guy that you say got all the girls back then, bro. Now a nurse, cute little nurse, probably our age, wouldn't even come near me until I took a shower. Finally, doctor comes and sees me. I'm laying there. I'm just so happy to be laying down. <laughs> I'm just so happy to be in a bed, right? Because I've been walking all day. I'm happy and you're I laying down at this point. Am I <laughs> doctor's like listen you can't leave i'm like what do you mean i can't leave I'm, I'm i just want these abscesses drained and i'm gonna go no no no. you need to be admitted i'm like why she's like you are in horrible shape you need to be admitted to the hospital <laughs> all right that gives me a whole night i could sleep now i could sleep through the night here i'm like okay no problem this is great i'm gonna get more than i thought from being here yeah right okay no problem admit me so I spend the night. I had done so much dope that day. So next morning comes around and they have a social worker come and talk to me. I'm like, she's like, because you really can't leave. And I'm like, well, I, I said, I hate to say this to you, but like, I'm going to. I'm like, she's like, you are in really bad shape. Well, you need the doctor to keep an eye on you. I'm not, I'm not going to make it if I just stay here. And I know I have those bags buried. So I'm like, I need, I'm, I have to go. I have to go. So I'm like, well, what are you guys going to do for me? It's not like you guys can do anything for me. And she's like, we can just, just hang out. She put me on medication to stop the withdrawals. Um, so like five different blood infections, five like different kinds of blood infections. My blood was so bad. It was like the levels were all fucked that they had to give me two blood transfusions, which I was telling you about. Oh my God, man. I'm 
a full bag of somebody else's blood and that wasn't enough. They were like, no, his levels are still fucked up. We got to get another one. I'm laying there. Unmind you, rewind. In order to get the IV to, to give me the transfusion, all my veins were shot. The IV was in my neck. Okay. What the fuck? Oh, are you? Oh, I'm my talking God. About that the is nurse. wild, child. What the? Oh, my the God. Nurse, the nurses that, that put the IV in your arm wouldn't even do it because they were so freaked out by having to put an IV in someone's neck. They had to get like a fucking doctor that was like years and years and years of experience with that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. All I'm getting at is when it comes to punctures like that in the skin, I... Yeah. I personally don't know of stories like that. I'm floored right now. And of course we want the best guy in the room to do the job. And it's the doctor. And I yeah, salute that doctor because he did a great job. You can't fuck that up, bro. Cause if you hit the wrong thing in someone's neck, it's game it. over game over. Right. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting two, two bags of someone else's blood pumped into my neck at this point. The sickness was so deep that when I tell you, I wasn't even done then, okay? Because I spent a week in there, seven days. My parents obviously know they're coming to see me and they're like, is this it? Are you, you're ready to die. Like, when is it, you know, when is it going to be enough? And I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll go to rehab straight from here. Dude, on the seventh day, I left. I didn't go to rehab. No, I went back out after all of this and got high for another week. Uh, I think what happened was I just couldn't stay on this person's couch any longer, maybe. And I was not trying to go back to the streets or the shelter. So I finally just said, fuck it. All right, I'll go somewhere just because I wanted peace. You know, I just wanted peace and I was tired, man. And so I went in somewhere, which was probably like my 10th or 12th rehab by this point. And uh, I don't know, man, like I don't like people ask me what what clicked or like, you know, what was different this time? Like, I don't know. It just, I was tired, man. Yeah. I, uh, I finally just went in and not knowing if this time was going to be any different than the last. However, I could say, I felt that I couldn't get any higher than I had been getting. Like first getting high of the day was the only one that actually made me feel like high just to maintain and not feel sick. So I had really, it ran its course. It wasn't fun anymore. It was pure torture by that point, you know. I told you this quote, and it's so fucking these cliches. Like a lot of these cliches. Hit him with are the so quote. No, no, no. Fuck the cliches. Hit him with the but quote. This quote, bro. This quote right here will fucking pertain to anybody with any. If there's anything to take from this episode, it's this. <laughs> this is the quote. Pain from staying sick is worse than the pain from getting better. You will get better. So if you think about that. The pain of staying sick is worse than the pain of better. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes you'd rather deal with that shit for that little high that you get a couple seconds of the day. To have to change 10 years of your adult life. I don't know myself as an adult at this point. Remember, I started when I was 19 years old. The pain of getting better was too much for me for 10 years. That pain of having to, to change and look at everything I've done and try to get over this addiction that I've created, the pain doing that, it was it was worse than the pain of staying sick. So I just stayed sick. Yeah. And, and like the thing, the thing I brought up before, I was artificially injecting feel good into my veins on a daily basis for pretty much 10 years. You're talking about like, my dopamine levels were so fucked up, bro. You're you're artificially giving yourself dopamine every day, all day for ten years. How is your brain gonna deal with not having that anymore? Oh, it's gonna get pissed off. And so I just yeah. sat there and kind of basked in the easiness of just, yo, just wake up, go to your groups, and that's all you have to do all day. You know, they gave me medication to handle the withdrawal and they gave, I was on medication for a little bit and, you know, they, they give you what you need to be comfortable. At that point, it's up to you to, to make the decision. What is worse, staying in this place or going back out? And at that point, going back out was worse. And I, stu and I just stuck with it. I was in there for like four months and I just, wow. I was, but the institutionalization 
saved me this time because I was comfortable there. I, I wasn't, I didn't feel weird. I didn't feel out of place. I didn't feel like comfortable. I, at this point, these groups, bro, they're not teaching me anything I don't know. It, I, I knew what I had to do this whole time. You were accepting it at it. this point. Yeah, I just never fucking applied it. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm in there for like three, like 90 days. They're like, what are you going to do when you get out? Okay, well, we got this halfway house in New Rochelle. Um, we can wait for you for a bed to open up there. And at this point, I'm like, listen, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't have the answer. I don't know. God bless. That's my favorite shell. New Rochelle saved my fucking guy. I end up there. It was this place in New Rochelle, man. Um, listen, <laughs> it's not the most fucking well-run place. We'll say that. The place, it what we say is like it gave it gives you the rope to hang yourself. Are you gonna hang yourself or are you gonna just keep moving? So no, you're gonna climb that fucking ladder with that rope, and this time we're not hanging ourselves. No, and I didn't hang myself, and I watched plenty of my my housemates do it and go back out, and I just you know, and it's but funny we've already because, been through it. Yeah, and this time around again, I get into it with a couple chicks again, not learning my lesson. However, you don't have a choice. You're handsome, man. They're just trying to get fed. Dude, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to say nothing. It's hard, bro. They're looking for the same thing I'm looking for, which is validation, bro. So, like, yeah, like, but luckily for whatever reason, bro, like, I didn't let it take me out. Two two chicks actually kind of fucked me up, but um, I did everything right. Like, I went to just program for, like, six months. Then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to get a little job. Like, I started off just busting tables, you know, like, starting from the bottom. You know what I mean? Just Yeah, elbow grease. So then I'm, you know, I'm getting a little bit better. I start working out of college, doing uh, traffic shit there, whatever. I'm doing little little jobs. So I'm with this chick for, like, six months at this point. I don't know, maybe a little longer. It's like she picked it out. Like, I didn't even really want to move there, but she picked it out. Me, long story short, I find out she's cheating. Oh now, my like, god, is she cheating yeah. on a board game or she's cheating on me or she's nah, cheating bro. On me? She, she made the biggest fucking mistake of her life. And <laughs> yeah, she 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 cheated on me as I was on my, you know, on my up and up and and really getting my life back together. It sounds like she different. fucked up. I, I think she did. And I, I so but you know what that's I her think shit. she did too. <laughs> I'm over it, you know what I'm saying? But she she fucked up. Of course up, we're man. over it. Fuck her. Um, I don't up. really know. Listen, I don't really know today. I really don't give a shit. You know, I wasn't about it anymore, bro. You know what I did? I blocked her. But <laughs> yeah, man, I've been through a lot of other shit since I've gotten clean, bro. Like after I got clean and I just I was done. There was no excuse that was going to give me enough excuse to go back out. Like, you know what I mean? That's my. Oh, point. yeah. I hear you. I'm clear. The, pro- the problems that I used to have when I was using. I will accept any real life problems today as like nothing. Fucking car bill. Oh, that sucks. Yo, give me it all day. I'll take the car bill problems. These problems, like people, like if I, if I talk to my boy, boy and he's like, yo, such and such with my wife. And I'm like, dude, you should be so happy that you have a wife and kids and you have how, a house. And listen, I'm not saying that like these problems don't mean shit. And you should just be like, yeah, fuck it. What I'm saying is like, quote unquote real life problems like i am kind of grateful for these days man like i really am that's why we like to put a cliffhanger in it and because my friend has given me so much material and so much stuff to work with that i don't want to stop the show oh thank you brother i'm i i spent 10 years digging that ditch and i'm four a little over four years out and like i'm still kind of picking up the pieces i still am nowhere near where i want to be kind of um the pandemics really slowed me down a lot it's cut it like really cut my momentum i mean i I look at it this way right um so if you don't count the 10 years that i spent i'm 33 i really feel like i'm 23 i'll be 33 in two weeks you better say happy birthday to me on the happy birthday episode i will bro join the 33 club um Like, dude, no, really, I feel 23, you know, and for a 20, if I was 23, I would feel if I was if I was 23, I'd feel pretty good about myself right now. But like, you know, a real like, oh, just because we're in our 30s, we should have this. You should be here. You should have that. Like, you should be grateful and forget yeah. about all that. And be- Yeah, man. So it's I'm, I'm really happy you, uh, you know, gave me the platform to to share this. And I really 
really hope it gives somebody like something. I know it will. I know it will give somebody something. If you're out there and I just want to say that I hope maybe you learned a little bit about me today or you learned a little bit about how bad addiction could be. And just, you know, when we're when we're living that life, like we're not ourselves. We're really sick at that point. Like I was really sick, man. It's a mental disease. It's progressive and it's fatal. And and I am literally a miracle because I'm literally in the minority. It's awful. Like many people die from this shit and I am just lucky. That's it. And that's why lucky. I need you on the show because you have a story to tell. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's pretty much, you know, everything, bro. Like I'm like I'm still It's not everything. Building. We will have a cliffhanger and we will bring you back yeah. to another show. Shout out to Tony for making this happen. Viewer discretion is advised only because there was some sense of information we had to cut out. Clip some shit back in. Spin around a little bit. But really, the viewer discretion that is advised, there's a reason we didn't put it on YouTube. We're too good looking for this. So hopefully our voices are just as nice. In this episode, we're appreciating the moment and the memories shared. Thank you for taking time out of your day, Tony. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And that's the end of this episode. Thank you. I love you. Thanks again. Goodbye then.